Hello there, my friend, and welcome to the Ayurveda and Psychology podcast. I am Charlotte Skogsberg, your host for this podcast. I am enchanted to meet and to take you with me on this journey into the human psyche, viewed from the holistic approach of yoga and Ayurveda, and viewed from the modern man approach of clinical psychology and psychoanalysis. So have something nice to drink next to you, maybe a cup of tea, have a seat, or go out for a nice walk in nature maybe. Enjoy. In this episode that focuses on Ayurveda, I want to speak to you about food, staying on that theme of eating and the feeding process. But I want to speak about food as medicine. I want to speak to you about food and the quality and why that is so important. So whether you know a little bit about Ayurveda, a lot, or nothing basically at all, except for the word, you probably associate it with food. Me personally, when I first looked into Ayurveda, let's say, or when I first um, was trained in it a little bit, in my yoga teacher training, my classical yoga teacher training, which naturally would have Ayurveda as part of the curriculum due to the fact that they basically work together. I definitely had the idea that Ayurveda was just basically Indian cuisine. So I did understand that there was some kind of link with spices in there, right? And that's very, very true. And you could even actually look into what what are spices you know what why do we why do we use spices and what do they give us i had a conversation with someone recently when i spoke about having um done an extended period of ayurvedic detox not just a couple of days but actually a month of then eating basically this kichari, or even I ate um, lentil, a mix of lentil and pea soup, actually. And I said that one of um, the important things in this was that I also was using spices in the food, and the person didn't understand why I was speaking about that, because spices didn't contain anything nutritious in itself which is what we very often think, right? And I do think that the reason we have that idea is because most of us, when we think spices, we um, think about the shelf in the supermarket where there's this mix of small jars in plastic often, or maybe in glass if we're lucky, usually not, um, filled with some kind of powder in different colors. And that, that we use that in order to put extra taste to our food. But what actually are spices? Spices are organic um, 
plants, right? They come from the earth, they come from nature, and they come in the form of different things. It could be some kind of nut, it could be some kind of leaf, it could be some kind of grass herb, right? Or um, berries as well. And then they've been usually dried and um, transformed into something that's easier to put into the rest of the food, like a powder or something, but not always, right? I do hope that you've all been already exposed to what a cinnamon stick actually looks like and not just the uh, powdered form of cinnamon that you would put on top of your latte or something like that or your chai. So actually spices comes from nature. It is a part of nature and it contains a lot of very essential uh, particles as in minerals and vitamins and things like that actually that we then use in the food. So just reducing spices down to something we put on food in order to make it taste is actually wrong. But it's a little bit the same that we have with a lot of things when it comes to food, unfortunately. That we have an idea that this food comes in the shape and form that we see in the supermarket. And we are completely disconnected to its original form, which is, of course, the reason so many people in the world eat meat. That they eat the fish and the chicken and the um, beef and all of that because if they would actually have to go and kill the animal and do the whole process of getting the um, meat out of it and then cook it and eat it, they would probably not eat meat, first of all, very often. And they might not even feel like that's the right thing to do. <laughs> the reason that it's so easy is because you don't have to see where it's coming from. Anyway, that's a different discussion. It's not for today. But the reason, of course, that Ayurveda bases itself so much on food, on spices, and then giving it the properties of medicine is because that is exactly what we should be doing, because that's what it is. It all comes from the rest of nature, just like we do. And it all is has a constitution of the three doshas, of the five elements. All right? I have spoken about quality as well in a previous episode. And so... Each and one of the doshas has qualities, which means that when we are in a specific state, we also have qualities and everything around us has qualities. And so therefore the food that we are eating has qualities as well. And you know it yourself that if you would take one food and eat it raw, the quality is quite different to if you cook it, for instance. And then if you would add some spices or, I don't know, let's say some fat, like oil, it can change the quality even more. Now, this is the science behind your kitchen is your medical cabinet. It really is. And this is what's so 
interesting and please see how self-empowering it is. And you all know this. You have a knowledge about it from childhood. Sometimes we call this the, well, in certain languages anyway, grandmother's recipes. Um, because you have all most probably heard that when in winter and you have a cold, it's a good idea, for instance, to drink warm water with lemon and honey. Or maybe even, did you know, that drinking ginger tea with lemon and honey would be a good idea. And why is that? It is, of course, because it has properties that are healing. But more than that, if you go deeper into that, what does this mean? It's because the properties of these things like ginger, lemon, honey, the properties of that come and balance out the properties of the cough and cold that you have. when you have a cold, when you have the flu. You know that you have extra um, mucus in the body and you know this because of the coughing and you know the snort and all of that. And you also know that your whole being is just in the state of depletion, right? So you have extra water in the body, you feel heavy, you feel tired, and your energy levels basically are just low. And the properties of things like ginger and lemon and honey, they warm up, right? They have a heating effect, especially the ginger and the honey, for instance. But they also have a stimulating effect, a drying out effect that we could also call astringent a little bit, mm -hmm. which means that, and especially then I'm speaking about the lemon, and I'm speaking about the ginger as well, quite a lot about that. And what does that do? Well, for the extra mucus, the extra water, if you will, in the body, the thickness of that, well, it comes and balances it out because it dries it out. It out. Everything in nature is built up by the five elements which means that everything in nature has bioenergy to it right everything has a constitution of these doshas and so if you would take a certain number of vegetables and then if you cook them you don't have to be a scholar in ayurveda to see that that changes the qualities or the properties of the vegetable. Take something as simple as cabbage, anything in the cabbage family, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower. Eating them raw can work for some people, but there's a lot of people who would experience bloating, gas, these kind of things. If they cook them, they notice that all of a sudden something has changed. So what has changed? Well, these vegetables are very vata, okay? So they're very drying, which means that it can aggravate 
vata in the body. So people who are sensitive to this, who might have quite a lot of vata in them, have already a vata kind of digestion, which means that it's irregular and that it's not um, always capable of digesting just anything, which is why it will react to eating raw things. But if you cook them, what do you do? Well, you bring actually more of water into them. You warm them up, so you're bringing both actually pita and to a certain extent then as well, of course, um, kapha into them because you heat them up, you bring fire into it, but also you bring water into it. And especially then if, there's, if you've been cooking them, then you're making them a little bit more, let's say, kapha because there's quite a, they're filled with water. And this is what breaks it down, breaks it down more easily in the digestive tract. So when you cook food, you're making it a little bit easier for your digestive system because you're bringing more of that soft, watery into it, which will then help the digestive system to more easily process it. If you would, on top of that, add spices to it, then you're once again modifying actually the quality of what you're cooking. So there's the spices, let's say, that heat up, like a lot of them do, but that really, really heat up, like chilies or black pepper, for instance. If you take a type of food that would be quite dense, so let's say, for instance, root vegetables, and you cook them, they're already um, quite dense, and so you cook them, and naturally they become heavy and filled with water. But if you then add on these heating spices, you're modifying the quality, the properties, let's say, of this food, which will have an effect on how the body then can transform it in the digestive tract and it's the reason that if you've ever been to India they will have a tendency to serve fruit especially heavier fruits like bananas or mangoes for instance that contain quite a lot of water by putting some chili on it. It's also the reason once again, if you, you don't even have to be um, have to have had been in India, but even just been to an Indian restaurant somewhere in the world, where you might have been offered some spices to chew after your meal, some cumin maybe, or fennel. And the reason for that is that you're bringing more of that quality in, and you're actually helping your digestion. It's also the reason that, especially for people who have difficulties to digest and who are very slow in their digestion, like the kapha dominant kind of um, person would have, we suggest to chew on some raw ginger a little bit before your meal in order to activate the digestive fire. All right, so 
you've integrated the fact that everything in nature is also under the same understanding as we human beings when it comes to the elements and the then bioenergies and the doshas. And by transforming their appearance, by cooking them, for instance, you will modify the properties, which means that you're making it easier for your body to integrate them, to absorb the nutrients. And by adding on things like herbs, for instance, you will enhance the warming or the cooling of something. You will also then notice that the taste of it will be different. Eating a raw broccoli will have one taste and eating a cooked broccoli with some salt, for instance, will have a different taste, of course, to it. And so the different tastes will come in and play a role in the digestion of the food because it also modifies the original constitution of what you're eating. So in the Ayurvedic perspective, we speak of six different tastes, sweet, sour, salty, spicy, bitter, and astringent. And they have an association with each and one of the doshas because of their own properties. And therefore, we use taste as well as a way to come in and balance out an imbalance in the doshas. But also, you probably learned in school already that your tongue has taste buds. And these taste buds will recognize the different tastes but not all of them in the same time. So they're situated in different parts of your tongue and they will recognize the taste that are sweet and sour and all of that on that particular part of the tongue. And then that part of the tongue, those taste buds there, are associated as well with an organ in your body. Which means that in order to keep this well-wheeled, well-oiled, let's say, mechanism of your digestive system functioning constantly, if you allow for your tongue and your taste buds to stimulate the right organs every time that you're eating, you can imagine that that would be a favorable action for your digestion, which is the reason as well that Ayurveda says Every meal should include the six tastes. In order to balance out your constitution, this is a thought. If all the other stuff seems really difficult for you to adopt into your life, of when to get up in the morning, um, do your meditation, um, just really that lifestyle... If you're somewhere in a situation where it's just impossible for you to adopt all of that and you're thinking you still want to have one way, one simple way of trying to balance out yourself again, well, what about starting with what you put in your plate?
if you at least have the possibility to cook your own food, knowing that not only is it, of course, healthier to cook your own food than to go out, for instance, and eat all the time, but of course it is so much cheaper for you. So it's the financially interesting option to adopt the Ayurvedic cooking as well. And of course, in Ayurveda, which makes it even more interesting financially, we eat according to the seasons. And you know it yourself, if you go to the supermarket, it definitely will be cheaper to buy strawberries in the summer than in winter, naturally. Which means that you could choose to go to the local market maybe even instead. Now I know that buying organic um, might not always be the best option financially because that's also, well, there's different reasons for that, I guess. But one of them is, of course, that there's a trend of it and so naturally it's a good marketing tool to use and we don't even really know what's behind the organic label. So what you can try to do is to at least eat the things that grow where you live. And if you can then go to the farmer's market instead and buy food that has not been processed in a a different place, you are a little bit more sure of getting something that's at least kind of healthy (laughs) and maybe not completely organic, but closer to it anyway. And then beginning to look into what you're putting to your plate and how you can use different spices to enhance one thing or another. How you can use the cooking process to enhance one dosha or another. One thing that's very important to take under consideration, and I want to kind of end on that a little bit, is the fact that the sweet taste is not cookies and ice cream, all right? It's not sugar in that sense. For instance, sweet taste comes from grains. So it's important as well to not mistake the things. Now, I could give you a list of it all, but you can find all of that online, what's classified as the different tastes. But what's even more interesting is to become self What's more interesting is to use self-referral. Okay, so basically, if you begin to actually trust your own taste buds, you will naturally see what tastes sweet, what tastes sour, what tastes salty, what tastes spicy, what tastes bitter, and what tastes astringent. Astringent is a bit a different one because a lot of people don't really know that one. It's got this like dry quality to it. So yes, all of the cabbage and for instance asparagus, um, we would in the Ayurvedic perspective classify that as astringent. So begin to look into what you have into in your kitchen. And notice how different 
things that you put into your body has a taste and also makes you feel a certain way. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast and this episode. I am very grateful. If you enjoyed this and you think that other people could enjoy this, please help me to spread the word. Share this episode on any channel that you have of social media or messaging. And even more so, I would really appreciate if you know one other person who might benefit from my words today specifically. Take that one minute it takes to simply share this episode with one person. Remember that there's a human being on the other side of your phone, of your earpods, of this microphone. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what I've been talking about. So please leave a comment. Send me a message directly if you wish. This is Charlotte. This is me. See you next time. Namaste.